It is so early in the damn morning, DJ. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is what happens when uh, NHL free agency opens and you, you have to do your job or something. Yes, I didn't even think. So this is the first week of my life I didn't think about brunch. Brunch wow. is a huge priority in my life. I think that... Um, Oh, I'll say before I I almost just like fucked up and messed up or whatever. Uh, we're trying to do this episode with no edits, and we usually don't have many edits. Usually, we'll have like a lull where someone loses their train of thought. We'll clap into the mic, and then that means that we can just cut that out. But we're trying to get this up quickly because neither of us have time to edit it. So, um, yeah, uh, this is a very early morning taping of brunch. Uh, bad combination, by the way. Trying to get through an episode with no edits and probably like the earliest we've ever taped. Well, yeah, I'm on my second coffee right now, <laughs> and it is not yet 7:40 in the morning. So, I uh, I actually got up early this morning because one of the things you wanted to talk about was um, the night of the night of. And when you said that, you were like, "Have you seen the night of?" I was like, "Of course I have." Jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt, fucking. Um, Whoever else is in that that movie the night before? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. And I was like, oh, if we're doing an episode about that, I am locked and loaded. I saw that shit in theaters, and that's not what you were talking about. So I got up. This is the first time brunches felt like work. I got up at 5.50 in the morning, watched a show that you told me was an hour long. It was, was it long? I was I 79 thought, minutes. Okay, I, I was uh, I was wondering after you asked me that, I wasn't totally sure because I watched it on demand and I really wasn't keeping track of time, but it felt like longer than an hour. So that's con- confirmation that it's an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, it was good, it was captivating. We're gonna get to it. Um, do we want to talk about hockey? A lot of hockey. We should, t- we would be dumb not to we'd talk about we'd be remiss hockey. if yeah. we did not talk about hockey. Um, not, we're not going to go like into like the free agent fucking analysis, but there was so much that happened this week that we have to talk about hockey. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be a normal, like uh, us conversation if it didn't involve either hockey and or, uh, hot guys, which (laughs) I should quickly point out. We're making a bit of headway on the miles teller front. Uh, I was in a little back and forth yesterday with Tori Krug's little brother about who's hotter between the three of us, which that's... I'm, that's a typical conversation. There's a restraining order coming in <laughs> at some point, and uh, I said... So I was like, oh, here, so here's what it is. Um, a, a, a great big idiot who um, who I don't like, We the, Joe Haggerty, um, he was taking some shots at me or whatever, um, he was actually complimenting me in the process, so I stayed out of it because I have a good relationship with his employer, Comcast Sportsnet, and I don't want to do anything to fuck that up. So I was staying out of it, so I, I basically made, sent out a tweet that said, all right, I'm not doing, I'm like, I'm not playing this game, so to change the subject, who's hotter, Miles Teller or me? I'm going to go Miles Teller. And then Tory Krug's little brother jumped in. He was in on this, and he was like, Fuck that! I'm hotter than Miles Teller, which I appreciate because, as a Colin Jost hater, I think that the everyman should have the chutzpah to say that guy may be a celebrity, but I'm better looking. Uh, so we're going back and forth about it, and I mentioned I was like, it's it's a shame Miles isn't on Twitter, 
And I was like, you know what? That that answers the question because he by not being on Twitter, Miles Teller is saying I am too, too attractive. Like I'm too, too hot for Twitter. Right, too hot for Twitter. Which like not having a Twitter now in 2016 is either like either you're very stupid and very like not aware, or you're just so big that you don't need Twitter. And right, so hot that you don't need Twitter. Right, um, and that's what I thought he was going for. I'm trying to think of like a big. So if you're under 35 and don't have Twitter, then that is a fucking ballsy yeah. move. Like that is we we've discussed Robert Downey Jr.'s Twitter. Um, I don't think either of us follow him, but we've got massive respect for his uh, his bio, which is of like, course you know me, you know who I am, yeah, or something that's like amazing. that. Um, so anyway, so I say like, well, that settles it. Miles Teller is not on Twitter. Too odd for Twitter. He's the hottest, which, again, I'd said all along that he's way harder than me. And someone jumped in, and they were like, oh, well, if I'm not mistaken, at Miles underscore Teller is his account. And I saw that... Not really, like, something that you'd have to search for. Right. Pretty pretty right there out in the open. I don't know why the fuck... Didn't do your research. I used Twitter quite a bit, (laughs) and I didn't know... And he had like four, I checked, he had like 4,000 tweets or something. Right. So it wasn't like he had just joined Twitter. Right. And you just didn't do research. I mean, I, I don't talk about him a ton, but Miles Teller is pretty important to me. I'm, I was surprised that I didn't know of his Twitter existence. So I tweeted like, oh shit, what up, Miles? And he liked it. And that to me. <laughs> and that was that. And that whole story was leading up to Miles Teller liked something that you tweeted. Which, but is it a big deal when someone like I so. like I, I think that like it depends we, on the person. we text each other when it happens, but I don't I don't think we usually like I tweeted that out to the world. I let everyone know. I was like, guys, like Miles Teller and I are we're starting to work on something <laughs> yeah. here. It, but you know what that favorite was? That favorite for him was like, all right, just go the fuck away. Right, like, like I don't care. But I think it also means that he saw the conversation. Well, yeah, and was like. That's enough for you? He just, then right. he just saw something that you wrote? <laughs> no, not even that. Not that he saw something that I wrote and was like, oh, good job, Deej. I think that he was like, who the fuck is this man <laughs> who's discussing with what seems to be a celebrity's little brother? There's no way that who, he knows Zach Krug is like a celebrity's little brother. That's true. Uh, Highly doubt it. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't fancy Miles Teller a hockey fan. I fancy Miles Teller exclusively a Miles Teller fan. <laughs> yeah. And we like we we He's definitely like a guy. He's like a Shia LaBeouf. Like yeah, I bet he just sits around and watches his own movies. Yeah. Like we've <laughs> read up on Miles Teller and we're going to and of course the response once that happened was like people were like, "Oh shit, Miles Teller would be a great brunch guest." No he would, fucking he would be shit. Amazing, yeah. He would if we could get him on and we we tell our guests up front, case in point, Darren Rovell, um, what, what our intentions, what are. what we're going to do. Like we're not what, gonna, what we're going to do to them. Yeah, <laughs> um, we don't like to to catch them off guard. Like which is why with Gaius Charles, we were like, hey, we just want to have like a smart conversation with you, and maybe that's why that wasn't our best interview because Gaius Charles is way fucking smarter than we are. So just we proved incapable. Of having like a, a great eloquent conversation. So what you're basically saying is that Miles Teller is not smart. Miles Teller <laughs> would be fucking perfect for us. He's I, th- I feel like he is like he on would say some level. dumb shit. He would say some maybe we have to edit it out because of not because it's offensive but because it's like a like little a- uncomfortable. Um, like he might tell a baby fucking joke. 
Yeah, my, I think that's that's yeah. There's a good chance that would happen. So uh, we're going to try to have him on. We usually don't uh, just try to get him as like the third seat. That would be <laughs> if we could do that in person. That would be unbelievable. So do you think? Here's the thing that we have never talked about. Oddly enough, it, do you think that if the to- opportunity presented itself, that we should add a third seat? Uh, this is some bullshit to bring up on the show. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time. No, they... but I'm saying I'm like saying like, like that's like the, being like... on a double date and then saying to your significant <laughs> other in front of the other one like. Hey, do you think that we should spice things up and maybe have a threesome or something? Because one of the people in this sexual relationship is boring me. And no, now I've I'm, compared that, our but, show but that's to what a I'm sexual saying. Like, relationship. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not boring. We have, like, the show is going pretty well. Yeah. Things are, are developing decently. Yeah. But if the opportunity presented itself, like, if Billy Riggins was like, I want to be the third guy on your show, would you be like, yes? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um I think that people it's it's weird like fr- from the feedback I I get from like the word of mouth feedback I get, I think that there's something of an understanding, albeit an incorrect one, that Feidelberg is kind of like the third man on the show and that just some of the episodes are with Feidelberg and some of them aren't, which if you count all the Friday Night Light ones, Friday Night Lights ones, I he's guess been on like twenty five percent. Right, shows. he's been in like a, a quarter of the shows. But um, yeah, I mean we've we've discussed we we have like a pretty extended brunch uh, brunch fam, family um, yeah. between yeah between uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Miss Polo uh, yeah. uh, Adam Hart um, yeah. But Darren Rovell. Darren Rovell. I still, I mean, I say this all the time. People probably don't care. All we, all we do all week is kick around show ideas, ideas. in which we can incorporate Darren Rovell. Right. Which is funny because a lot of episodes, like last week, we were like, fuck, what are we going to do? And it's like we still spent probably that entire week thinking up shows that we could do in the future, yet we didn't plan anything great in that moment. So, um, yeah, I... Uh, I'll say this. I want to say this on this episode. Next week, we will have something of merch in play. We're like we're getting the ball rolling on merch, and I, I think that I need to to kind of uh, put the gun to both of our heads and make us. Because you want them for Lollapalooza. I also right. Like I want merch that I can wear personally at Lollapalooza. I actually thought of a shirt. That um, I thought it was a, a fun phrase that I came up with, and of course I googled it, and it already exists, and people already have this shirt. But I think that it would be more synonymous with us than with anything else. So um, even if it's just a one-off, I'm going to make that. But our Lollapalooza outfits are going to be. I don't fucking think we tell. Dope. I don't think we've told anybody that we're going to Lollapalooza. By yes, the way. we're co- we're going to Lollapalooza. Which uh, shouts to my friend Colleen. We were all out. Uh, drinking um a few weeks it was after churches yeah and um it was just like this is going to be a huge surprise like just like a lot of men and then uh my my one female friend colleen and uh she in recapping it she was like all you guys talked about were penises and how 
you guys wanted your friend Pete to go to Lollapalooza. And she was like, I need to find out whether or not that actually happens or if it was one of those. Because we got into one of those like, dude, I mean, we're going to Lollapalooza. You like music. I don't know why you wouldn't come. And you were like, no, like, I think I'm going to come, man. And like, we were just. It just escalated like the more that we drank. This happens all the time. I've like planned trips to like one time I planned a trip to Iceland (laughs) doing that. I didn't go. Okay. Yeah. Like this happens all the time. It's like, oh, you're doing this cool, this cool thing. I want to do it, too. And then it's like it just escalates like. Well, I think we could do it, dude. And then it's like, dude, I'm definitely coming. <laughs> Which is funny because the feeling afterwards is like the next day, for whatever reason, you get this inclination that you're like, oh, maybe the other person wasn't serious about that. Yeah. And maybe like I was just being too drunk. Like that same night. So um, so Colleen's boyfriend, uh, Phil, who I'm tight with that night, we were like, I, so I've got a, a room in my apartment that's just if you hopefully you guys don't know where I live because you could break in and steal a bunch of shit, but I've just got a room in my apartment. That's just like overflowing with musical instruments. And I call it the lab because that's something I would fucking, no one else calls it the lab. It's basically, it's, it's the bad boys of podcasting of naming a room. Um, I call it the lab. Nobody else does. And I was in like, Phil's this great singer and he, so I was in an acapella group. He was in like a million acapella groups. He was in actually like a pretty famous one. And I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta get you in the lab. And he was like, man, I can't believe I haven't been in the lab before. And, so, and we made that, that sort of plan too. So the next day I woke up and I was like, fuck, I've made commitments left and right here. I need to find out if Pete's coming to Lollapalooza, if Phil's coming to the lab. Both came to fruition. So I'm super excited for Lollapalooza. Um, Definitely going to be podcasting from Chicago. Yes, uh, hopefully happen. with um, hopefully with uh, TBC. Yeah, I haven't. We haven't talked to him, but that's it. Would be nice to meet up with the big cat. I do not know the big cat, and um, I'm pretty sure I've I've voiced this before. I just used to be a barstool uh, ignoramus. Yeah, didn't. Because I wasn't in on it, I felt like it just wasn't for me. It's like um, like making a murderer or these fucking TV shows, much okay. like the one that we're going to discuss. Everyone's talking about this thing, and you didn't really jump into it, so you're like, I you guess didn't I'm get just in not on the a- ground floor, and you're just not going in because right. Yeah. And uh, I remember I had an internship, and uh, there was this kid who was obsessed with Barstool, and he was every day he was like guys, you got to see the guest that ass. And I was like, I'm never going to be that fucking kid. I'm never going to be the fucking person going around to people saying, hey, check out the guest that ass thing. Because first of all, I looked and they were all women's asses. And that was boring as fuck. Um, so I was like, I was just super, super late to the barstool party. And um, obviously got to know Feidelberg, got to know Carabas, those two of the funniest dudes in the world. Um but the big cat is a guy who I don't think he's aware of me, but for years my friends have told me this guy would is like super up your alley because he's a goofball who um, has n- no shame as far as making fun of himself goes and is the biggest Fleetwood Mac fan. And those are like the only two th- things about me that are things. That and like he's like the most I would call him like the most hangoutable person in the world. Yeah. In terms of like I'd hang out with that guy. 
Right. Yeah. Which is fun. And so, I don't think there's anybody that would be like, I wouldn't hang out with that guy. Yeah. And it's like, God, it's, this is going to be like the gayest <laughs> podcast we've done. Like, it just seems like he makes everything better. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I look at the Barstool stuff in which he's involved and his presence makes stuff better. I just want to just want to know him, you know? Well, now it's now we're definitely not going to be able to podcast with him because we're going to have a restraining order. Right. Let's get to the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got some good reviews this week, actually. Um, the people finally came through and put the 69 to bed. Um, hey This one's interesting. <laughs> uh, this one's interesting. Uh, screw Indiana, screw Indiana by Capote, five stars. I found this podcast thanks to a tweet by QB1 Matt Saracen. Whoa! Yeah, right? I found this podcast thanks to a tweet by QB1 Matt Saracen, currently binging through and realized that Pete's voice will give you a half chub, whether you're into that or not. Uh, five stars, thanks to, thanks to the remix of Up on the Housetop. Uh, keep it up, dudes. <laughs> Again, so we'll have something about c- uh, merch-wise coming soon. I'm going to make that fucking video, and no one's going to care. It's going to be me at a piano explaining to people why they think that's up on the housetop and why it isn't. And maybe I'll get um, I'll get Wayne from The Eternals there because he's a lot more musically sound than I am. Quick side note, if you haven't heard The Eternals album... Oh me, oh my, it is so good. So look that up. Um, but he's a friend of the podcast, and we're going to do something at some point with them, but we're just, we're fucking lazy and idiots. Um, so I will say, by the way, that is a good point on your voice. Um, you have very, very, very good pipes. Hey, thanks. If, if your takes can ever keep up with them, then you <laughs> will be unstoppable. Um, let me see. Uh, so you had said... You did the one... Screw Indiana. Screw Indiana. Okay. Um, uh, Bees up three in ten says, it's like Pete's Twitter feed, dot, dot, dot. Still, you downloaded at the beginning of your week. Listen, wonder why, then repeat. P.S. Who says hamburger meat? See, I'd never heard hamburger meat before either. I almost put a tweet out there. Someone was shitting on you because of a Michael Jordan thing that you did. Um, And I didn't read the Michael Jordan thing. I looked at some of the comments. I kind of, I skipped to the good part because all I knew, you texted me. You said, I'm getting killed right now in the comments on something I did about Michael Jordan. Could not have cared less about what the Michael Jordan thing was. Needed to see the comments. And um, one of them was... Like, go back to flipping burgers or whatever. And I was going to to screen grab it and post, uh, this makes no sense because Pete doesn't even know what hamburger meat is. But I was afraid that because you didn't know and uh, I was some, fuck, I forget who it is, but someone who listens to the show was saying like, oh, hamburger meat. Yeah, huh? I'd, I'd never, I'd I'd never heard of that yeah. before. And now this person, that's three people in but, the course of a week. Right. Who have no idea what that is. Never I, heard it in my I, life. I, I And so, for anybody listening who didn't listen to last week, it's your chest hair that comes right, above the shirt. It's when you right, it's when you're intentionally showing chest hair. Uh, I say it. Um my friend Adam Jones says it a lot. It's like the only thing we talk about, that in Sister Act 2. 
uh, Mike Felger says it. Those are maybe it's just like a, a media Boston thing. Boston sports media. Right. Wow. Well, like you got to be in the biz. I hope you come to that horrible realization <laughs> that like Boston <laughs> that nobody else says this other than ev- the people that everybody hates on We're, the radio. I was gonna <laughs> say which would be a huge fucking indictment on hamburger meat because it. I mean, Boston sports media is associated with shitty fucking dumb takes. And if it's like all you guys have are dumb takes and really weird ways of talking about your own chest hair. Um, <laughs> then we have uh, kind G Parker, one, two, three, four, five, kind of gay, put in a good way. Awesome review. <laughs> that was it, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then. Oh, this this one's awesome. Is this the I like it one? Yeah, I All like right. it and I don't know why. All right, so uh, do I have to read this person? Just a bunch of fucking numbers. Yeah. So um, so I think someone actually made their social security <laughs> number, their, um, their, their I'm name. I'm going to have a fun weekend now. Hmm. So <laughs> I assumed this was... In, uh, a entirely. Oh, fuck. You, <laughs> he, he, you can't do... So I can't read PFT commenter speak. Okay. If it, it, no, I'll, I'll do it, but I'm going to struggle. I assumed this was uh, entirely a sports po- Fuck, dude. <laughs> but I was pleasantly wrong. Ever enjoy something for absolutely no reason? Yeah, that's this. It's kind of like wheat bread. No purpose. Horrible take. Yeah, I don't know uh, what that means. No that purpose, means. but it makes you feel better about life. I don't know why I enjoy listening to it. All right, stop fucking saying that we get it. Um, but it's actually entertaining. Would recommend. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that's the best. Like the the my favorite reviews are like I have no idea. And we talked about this yeah. the last, the earlier this week. There are so many people who like listen to the show, and that well, not so many people, but there are a good amount of people who listen to the show and say, I I don't know what this is about, and I don't know why I like it, but I can't stop listening. My sister actually the other day, um, so she started listening to it, which um, I don't know how I I got. I don't like when anyone I know consumes anything I do. Like if I, if I like if I run to a friend or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, like I really liked the, really liked the thing you wrote about Tuca the other day." I'm like, "No, no, no, no it was bad." <laughs> it, like because it actually probably was. Um, so my sister is listening to it now, which shouldn't be a surprise because it's like I'm the same person as my sister. Like I grew up on NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and everything, and that's why. A lot of like my kind of quasi gay takes are informed the way they are, so it is up my sister's alley. So she maybe was, this is why we're like teetering on being gay because we both have older sisters who that's inf- you don't have any brothers or anything, no. right? Yeah, just dogs and sisters. Yep. Um, yeah. So I was actually so one of the ideas that we had for this week we didn't further it because um, we just this was a tough week for for ideas. Uh, we'll do it at some point. And you guys can come up with how we can do this episode. I want to do an episode that's called One for the Ladies that has nothing to do with, like, an episode for the ladies. Um, I just think that would be a funny name, and we could work our way backwards into that being a fucking episode about probably Karina Williams or something like that. Um, So what's the... Oh, read 51. Oh, you don't see the numbers. I don't have numbers. All right, so uh, it uses our, our favorite term. Shouts? No. Wood Smash? Wood Smash. Five out of five Wood Smash uh, by Alexandra the Great. Uh, if you want a good laugh, listen to the Summer Fantasy Draft episode and then look at DJ's Instagram from that week. Not too mock 
McCallans. McCallans. <laughs> Not at all. Regardless, excellent podcast. I'm now one of these podcast people and only regret it a little bit thanks to these guys. So again, this is like a this, I don't I'm not saying this is good, but I would say to listen to a thing. I explained that, right? That, th- that those were not two McCallans. Um so McCallan is the scotch that um, Oh, right. Okay. So yeah. All right. I was uh I don't I don't uh, social media while drinking. Um, the really the only time that I have was uh, at the Bieber concert, but that was because we put it out there that we, like, that all right, we're, we're we're going on this ride. Yeah. Who's coming with us? And uh, but I I thought that I was holding two McAllen 18s in one hand, and I was like, how fucking up my alley is that? So I took a picture of it, and as I explained. One of them was just a Red Bull and vodka <laughs> that the waitress had accidentally brought to our group, and there were too many people to to claim it. So that is funny. Like if you look at that picture, they are clearly not the same thing. And I posted with like the, the cap I'm such a boss, right? <laughs> no, the, the caption was McAllen thirty six. <laughs> it's just two McAllen eighteens, and it's like no, you fucking idiot oh that is one mccallan 18 and one 12 year old (laughs) boys drink you fucking idiot um but i do (laughs) i do like that the caption that the uh, title was five out of five would smash (laughs) um all right 52 hashtag shouts oh so that's why you're confused because we do have one that says yeah oh wow love this guy's name it's booyah tribe 29 (laughs) Love Booyah. Spin class and tank top enthusiasts. Who knew that combo would produce fire podcasts 63.4% of the time? Gift Boy and the Deej are the Ruth and Gehrig slash Chara and Seidenberg. Oh, this is sad. Parenthetical 2011 uh, of pop culture takes worth the subscription. See, that's a fucking awesome review. That, and I, I, I really enjoy... The honesty of like fire podcast sixty three point four percent of the time because that's accurate. We're not always on our game. We've had some bad episodes, but we call it out when yeah. it's happening. Yeah. I'm a, so this is the first time I'm in tears reading these <laughs> reviews. These, are, this was a great, great week, for great reviews. batch of reviews. Um, what well, I kind of we could have done an episode just riffing off all these reviews because I will say I am now a tank top enthusiast. My arms haven't gotten better. I've just become okay with like my truth and that's so i i wear tank tops now i think i'm going on like three weeks maybe where i just haven't worn sleeves you're wearing a tank top right <laughs> yeah. now actually um it's not true i i wore sleeves on my birthday night yes, and you commented on it and i thought that was a great comment i got so drunk that i decided to wear sleeves right like normally you get so drunk that you take off your pants and you, you take I your wiener more, out or I, something. I, I put you, more clothes you, on you're like Hey guys, look! I'm wearing three quarter lengths. Yeah, um, yeah. How was your birthday? I I missed it because of uh, draft purposes, and also because you don't really care that much. No, like I <laughs> wanted to be there, and when I got back, um, the Eternals had their album oh, right, release yeah, show that yeah. night, and I had like a two hour gap. It was like I need to be at this show at this point, but I'll definitely meet up before. And then when you said where you were, which was you were at Legal Harborside, right? Um, we were planning to go to Legal Harborside. I think we ended up at ABG, mm. Atlantic Beer Garden. Okay, so yeah, same-ish area. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh fuck, that would be an undertaking because I was 
running around. I had just flown in from Buffalo. Um, I was I wasn't drinking, um, but I was. Have we discussed that I was on drugs? Um, yeah, you're on Valium. So yeah, I've got a. I, I have a, a an injury that's that's getting better, um, but I, for about a week and a half, I was just in like excruciating pain. Um, like one of those like you're not screaming, but every part of your body is screaming kind of pain. So uh, I was prescribed Valium as a muscle relaxer. And as I said last week on the show, uh, I have a drug phobia. So I, like, I've been prescribed like pain things before and just, I don't know if the, I, the, I should talk about this, if this is illegal <laughs> or whatever. I just fucking throw them away. I'm like, I'm not doing drugs. Sorry. Uh, but the pain is so bad that I was using Valium as as prescribed, uh, as a muscle relaxer or whatever. So, um, between all those things, it was like, I'm not going to go out and drink a bunch <laughs> while technically on drugs. So, um, yeah, but I did see the, uh, the thing of you on a flotation device, yeah, uh, blow up alligator in my backyard, right? That is like, like hashtag too soon. <laughs> so here's the thing. So that was your 25th birthday. Um, <clears throat> My 25th birthday was, like, I was ready to fucking end it. I was, like, seriously quarter-life crisis, hated the idea of being 25. Um, See, is- like, I, I I am quite content with where I am in my life right now. I was going <laughs> to say, like, the thing is with you, you like, you need to, to grow up, like, age-wise, not per... Ah. Yeah, personality-wise. <laughs> and height-wise. Right, but I'm saying, like, for, for where you are, for what you've accomplished, um, it it would be more befitting of you to be, uh, like, 26, 27, something like that. The fact that, like, you are where you are at 25, um, previously 24, is, like, is very I- impressive. So I think that it doesn't hurt you that you're... 25 now and like quote unquote getting up there in age yeah, and uh it was also one my golden birthday 25 on 25 wow and fell on a saturday and this was like the first time probably since i was like 13 or 14 that there was like a party or like i celebrated my birthday i never celebrate my birthdays in terms of like partying i am like the having people over. exact same way just don't 21st care birthday, birthday was the last time i did it um i didn't even do it for my 21st wow a couple a couple years ago um i i'd had like enough friends reach out being like hey what are you doing for your birthday and i was like nothing man go go do your own thing which is in hindsight a really fucking weird and mean thing to say that someone's <laughs> like hey i want to see you on your birthday you. and you're like <laughs> fuck you hey can you make other plans that don't include me um, I, but i understand it because this is the way that i am i hate when other people make their birthdays like a huge deal right uh, like i don't want to say nobody cares about your birthday but nobody cares about your birthday as much as you care about your birthday but here's the thing um I, I didn't fucking realize it until this year. People still like getting together. Well, that's people like be, people like other people's birthdays as an excuse to do something, right? But people don't give a fuck about your birthday. Well, it's and it's hard for one to take the initiative to say, "All right, you guys might not all know this, but my birthday is indeed coming up, and I would like to see everybody." Not as like my birthday wish or whatever, but it's like. 
people sometimes celebrate birthdays. I was come. I was still so. Our birthdays are what, like three weeks apart, yeah. thereabouts, and that that was like a huge fucking thing because this, despite the the fucking douchey bravado I I give off, I don't have like a ton of self confidence, <laughs> so I felt weird about saying to people, "Let's I'd, do something. Let's all birthday. get together." For my birthday, my let's dad. Get in, let's get together for my important birthday. Right, and my dad, who is probably a, a major reason as to why my confidence is is so low, he likes to keep people in check. He was like, he was like, Dude, "Are you throwing yourself a birthday party?" And I was like, "No, I just, I just want to see my my friends." And that's kind of what happened. And I think we all had a blast. Yeah, and I basically modeled the way that I invited people to my quote unquote birthday party after the way that you handled it because I was like. This is a really like stress free, no pressure. Like I, I just wanna, I just wanna see people. I just wanna have some, have a good time, get drunk, and that's it. So I basically sent out an invite. I was like, it's gonna be ninety degrees or eighty five degrees on Saturday. It's also my birthday. It's not a birthday party. I would like just to, if people want to come over. Let's day drink. Let's play some lawn games, and then we'll go out in Boston afterwards. Right, and you you give off the like the total no pressure thing. It's one of those like invite like like invite, ten ten to thirty yeah. people, and if if one to thirty people come, then, then don't fine. bring presents, don't bring birthday cards, just fucking bring booze, and we'll have a good time. I actually so at my birthday. Uh, a couple of my friends came over and they had like an extra drink or whatever and they handed it to me to put on the table and I thought that they were handing it to me being like, hey, here you go, it's your birthday. And I so they handed it to me and I just started drinking it. <laughs> and then I guess I was taking kind of birthday liberties. But that was the only, that's kind of the only way that you can get birthday about it so to people out there i bet that a lot of people kind of struggle with that like whole birthdays coming up want to do something don't know how to do it um don't and, don't structure it as a birthday party just say that you want to hang out with people call, on right, your birthday w- w- yeah what's the call it like yeah like an excuse to get together yeah um because as you get older man people get wifed up <laughs> they start they start shitting out kids and you stop seeing your friends forever. So you don't know how much longer this is going to last, guys. Well, we are officially 35 minutes in and not ta- had not talked about anything that we wanted to talk about. But we talked about birthday etiquette, it's which true. is something that... I, By the way, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for making it as far as I did on my birthday. I could. So I texted you uh, when I landed. I texted you and said, uh, all right, wh- where are you? And you didn't get back to me for like an hour and uh my res- I, I then followed up with you better be either dead or so drunk that you're afraid of like what you're going to say back to me <laughs> and like 10 minutes later you got back to me or whatever and i was astonished i was like i thought for sure you'd be down for the count by like six o'clock so when i day drink i i like put the odds at around maybe 25 to 30 percent that i will make it out past you know for the night for the night events but uh i did make it out got to abg was pretty drunk there but i didn't black out until like 11 11 11 30 something like that 
and then yeah i blacked out but it was uh it was a good time i didn't do anything really stupid so didn't fall off the roof deck at <laughs> I, I th- did we text about that uh no i don't think so maybe i think I you did remember. and you brought out yeah. yeah you said you oh no you when you were considering going to legal harbor side you said uh you said like legal roof deck and i said something to the effect of i was like you're going to fall off and you're like yep <laughs> um, um somebody did say somebody tweeted at me and said that they saw me at abg yeah uh like the next morning and i was like uh, they tweeted at me a question they were like did i see you at abg last night and i was like mm, most likely but i don't remember seeing you and they were like yeah you look pretty gone wow. so they must have seen me later in the night uh was this your i'm this is just dawning on me this uh was this your first saturdays for the boys uh yeah it was well, so did how did that add to the experience? Um, I don't know what that means. You don't know what Saturdays? Are no. F- so, I, so I just basically just took a picture with a bunch of my dude friends and hashtag Saturdays are for the boys. All right, so Is so that not what so we're supposed to. Do? Feidel, so Feidelberg overheard an old man use an expression: Fridays are for the men, Saturdays are for the boys. Uh, Feidelberg, to my knowledge, did not look into what that meant, but took it upon himself to then turn Saturday into a weekly holiday because the expression Saturdays are for the boys is amazing. Awesome, yeah. And um, As is equally awesome, Sundays are for naps. Right. Um, and every Saturday, people will tweet, like, Saturdays are for the boys to him, and they'll tweet what they're doing. And it's basically, like, every guy has now taken it upon themselves to neglect any duty that they may have on Saturday and fucking cut loose like i'm sure that fucking crime is like it's like (laughs) saturday is now the purge because of this fucking thing and uh i had a thing uh, i had a day drinking thing a couple weeks ago with uh with my fantasy football league what that sounded yeah that's what losers but not cutting that out (laughs) but we were aware that it was saturdays are for the boys so we like with that in mind, everyone kind of went harder, took shit a lot further, did dumber shit, and that. So I was wondering if the Saturdays are for the boys aspect led you or your friends to go even crazier. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we kind of just were like Saturdays are the boys. This is a perfect opportunity to get in on that social movement. Um, so I tweeted it at John, um, and but I mean, like we we did get pretty rowdy. But I think that at the same time people were still a little bit reserved because it was a day drinking party and we were planning on going out that night mm-hmm. like i don't think if we had any like obligations for the night we we would probably just like be jumping off my roof and yeah. things like that i actually i texted my friend um uh happy birthday yesterday uh, thursday and the last thing that i had texted her previously to that was like drunken texting from that day drinking Saturdays or for the boys day. And uh, so she and her boyfriend live in Somerville and she texted me something about Somerville because I used to live there. And she said, uh, we're about to leave for Tia's come meet us there. And I responded, I am so drunk. It is eight <laughs> 15. And she said, so come get drunker at Tia's. And I responded LMAO, which you and I utilize heavily. And she said, okay, I agree. It's funny, but come. And I responded, LMAO. <laughs> and that was the end of the text correspondence. You're annoying on text to begin with. Don't get drunk and ever text. Me. <laughs> Just... 
<laughs> yeah, just use LMAO to get out of anything you want. Um, I think that birthday etiquette was a fucking... Now I'm all hopped up on coffee, but I think that birthday etiquette was a pretty Important good topic, topic. that uh, I'm glad we were able to touch on. Uh, let's touch on this show that you uh, told me to watch. The Night Of. It's a new HBO series, um, uh, miniseries. Uh, if anybody watches Game of Thrones, they've probably seen... Which everybody watches Game of Thrones, but you, by the way, but me. Um, which is very, it's very ang- makes me very angry because we could get so much content out of that if you would just watch Game of Thrones. I know it's like a, it's a rich man's version of the Friday Night Lights thing because at least with Friday Night Lights, I hadn't watched it either for a long time. Um, I just can't see myself being that fucking. Uh, so it's it. They aired a bunch of promos during uh, during Game of Thrones and all those. Uh, so that's why fall fall it, winter yeah. shows. Um, it's uh it's a crime drama slash maybe mystery. That's kind of where it looks like it's going. But um, the first episode hasn't technically aired yet, but it's on on demand a few weeks early. They did that with is, New Girl. Back really? In the day. Yeah. They, Interesting. Yeah. They that's just a weird like, move. They put it on people's DVRs or something. I think they I think they may have like YouTube. Uh, oh, they people. just stuck it on people. They just—it's like whether or not you want you it. Go. Here's Zoe Deschanel, and I was like, I fucking died of excitement. So um, that it's on on demand. I checked it out. Uh, it's awesome, really good. I'm yes. wondering uh, what happens in the last 15 minutes of it because I did not make it all <laughs> the way to the end because I uh, because of the time difference. I didn't realize that okay. it was an hour and so. Change. Did you get to uh, the part where John Turturro shows up? No, and I love his ass. I, I'm like, as I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to. I love that you have to clarify that on this podcast because you could on any just other. Be yeah, about, no, like yeah. I'm saying, like I love the way his ass looks. So <laughs> uh, to avoid confusion, he yeah he shows up and he is the lawyer for the guy. And he is... He, For the just, kid? Yes. Oh. And he looks like he's just going to be phenomenal in this series. I can't wait until they make a Roberto Luongo movie. And exactly. They John look Turo exactly play. the same. And I, I think I love them both equally. Yes. Like, um, but this might break your heart a little bit. Originally, in Totoro's role, and it was like his passion project, James Gandolfini... Oh no! Yeah, really? yeah. He was originally supposed to be the lawyer, and he ended up dying before IRL. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's a little bit of a bummer. But Totoro looks like he's going to be great. Um, well, like, see, I don't want. I'll tell you what happens off the air because I don't want to spoil it for people that were telling to watch the show. Like, yeah. I'm not going to just fucking spoil it for everybody. Um, but the last 15 minutes are very, very important. Wow, really? So the the I got to the point where he took his shirt off. See, uh, and okay. Oh, in the uh, the station, in the station. Okay, which is a that is a that is usually where I do not stop watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's where I got. But I mean, it, it, it's just very very captivating. Um, yes, as you said, it's kind of like mystery thriller type. It kind of reminds me of. Um... I think that it's going to remind me a little bit more of like cereal. I don't know if you. I didn't do that. You didn't do cereal. No. So I think that it like more of an oatmeal guy. Hey oh. <laughs> uh, it it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Um, so I, I'm 
totally in on it. Uh, I'm glad to be in on the ground floor. Yeah, I'm gonna. People are gonna be talking about this show. Yeah. Um, so should can we get into specifics or whatever? Let's be the fuckers who spoil the show before <laughs> it's even fucking on. I don't want to spoil it because it's early enough. Like it hasn't even fucking aired yet, and people might not even know that it's on demand. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. We're going to be talking about it a lot. I'm assuming. There's one take that I mean I, I wrote down my takes as I was watching it, and one of them is so good, but I don't. Uh, I guess we won't spoil it, but if we say what it's generally about, then we can get into it, right? I th- yeah, okay. I think that like a lot of people know from like the promos what it's about. It's not that secretive. Yeah, about what it's about. It's about a guy who ends up being accused right of um, a murder. Yes, that he. That he and the viewer don't really don't, know if he committed. Exactly. So the just the the thing I wanted to get to was um, he's being questioned about this, and uh, so he's slept with this woman, and she ends up dead. And he's, as you said, he's not sure what happened. We're not sure what happened. Or I mean, for all we know, the viewer may, maybe he did do it or whatever. But. It's there's just a ton of fogginess there. So he's being questioned, and uh, the uh, the the detective or whatever is asking him about it, and he's trying to get at you know like whether like did he rape her, did did they sleep together or whatever. And this guy is trying to paint this picture of why he uh, didn't kill her. And one of the things he says is he's like, she's she was. She was just the, the the second woman I've slept with, and it's like you're getting questioned for murder, and you're like, dude, I don't get laid a lot. Like, will you like cut me some slack? Yeah, there are some there are some things that that he does and says where I'm just like, dude, I don't know if if you're innocent, but like, if you're innocent, this is this is not how you approach proving your innocence. I just think that's the funniest. That's the funniest defense. Like in in my defense, like. <laughs> I'm struggling over here. Um, which, I mean, his actions the entire episode baffle me. Like, I was taking furious notes in, like, the first, like, 15 minutes of, like, what the fuck are you doing? Every decision you're making is a bad one. And obviously, um, he finds himself in a situation where he's accused of murder. So that's all worse than everything. But it's like, I mean, he picks up this, he steals his dad's cab. He picks up fucking Lana Del Rey, who says she wants to go to the beach. He in the middle of New York City, right? Exactly, right. That's what I'm Weird. saying. If somebody said that to me in the middle of New York City, I'd be like, "Get, get the, the fuck, fuck out!" First of all, he's not a cab driver, so he shouldn't be driving anybody to, to begin with. But if somebody asks you to go to the beach, like this guy, well, it the reasoning behind it is because he's so clearly desperate to get laid. That's made very clear in like the first like. 20 minutes of the episode so like once he got to that point where he was like she was just the second woman with whom i've slept i was like oh okay because i mean he's so he's uh, a student right college yeah. aged or whatever and, he, and the reason that he stole his dad's cab is because he's on a way to a party where there's going to be a ton of girls and he like he ends up trying to go by himself because that's how bad he wants to go to the party and like be with the, like meet a bunch of girls which like that that whole thing was so fucking sad to watch yeah. it's like this guy is fucking bending over and it's not just that he just really wants to, to go to this party so he can maybe get laid 
once he meets up with this girl, he starts doing some fucking wacky sh- like imagine for this for the second person that you've banged the stuff that he does it sucks because i don't want to spoil it too bad but like he's doing drugs with her he's doing and like he's clearly like he's, things he's a that are kid. Yes, things that are very outside of his personality right exactly like this is he is completely abandoning every moral compass that he has to try to have sex with this girl. Which is funny because I wrote down, like, the like ninth note I wrote down was, uh, she fine, though. She like, was pretty hot. It, But it took... But, like, her weirdness is, like... Makes her well, even... <laughs> well, for me, it's like, this girl is fucking dark and crazy. I don't know if I would want to stick my penis in this. Right, well, she, so she has him uh, participate in some sort of, let's call it drinking game, that is scary as fuck and dangerous as fuck. That at that point, right away... First of all, I would never get to that point where fucking, like, hey, let's start doing coke when I want to go to the beach. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he just takes... No he takes coke, a, no he beach. He takes a mystery pill at the beach. He do- That's right. She gives him drugs. <laughs> yeah, she, he just, she just gives him a pill. And he's like, no, I don't do drugs. And then she's like, I don't want to be alone tonight. And he's like, well, okay. <laughs> Oh my god, these are so many things that just no dude. He I'm sorry himself- that we've like spoiled so many things about the first episode for for you, but like it it doesn't ruin it. It's going to it's still going to capture your interest and now you just have a better idea of what happens. Yeah. We've t- I mean, we've talked about scary nights of our lives as far as uh, blacking out and drinking and everything goes. Um the scariest thing though, right, go ahead fish point. Sorry, I, I interrupted. <laughs> I like I watch that and I get nervous because I mean I've gotten crazy fucked up before never to, I don't think to the point that I've done drugs yeah um but I definitely well, like I don't think there's any state I could be in that you could be like hey do, do this drugs. hard who do this mystery hard drug right like that that's just I'm I'm, I'm so, ladies I'm not that fun I'm I, there's no first way. of all I don't I don't really I don't do hard drugs and I would never do a mystery hard drug. <laughs> if I'm putting something in my body, I fucking know what it is, and I know what it does to me. I don't do mystery merch packs <laughs> on, like, bands that I listen to's website, where it's like, $25, you get 15 t-shirts and 10 things of vinyl, but we just won't tell you which one. I'm like, no, I'm not that crazy. I can't get into this game. And this, oh, this fucking guy, and also, like... I don't know. I've 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 just <laughs> so my so what I was gonna say is that like it's fucking crazy to watch like what happens to this guy, but it's it's super scary because at the same time I really don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. Like he does some weird fucked up shit that he shouldn't have done, but like that honestly could literally happen to anybody and i don't know that i would respond differently like after he he, i'm talking about like after he finds her dead i don't know if i would do anything differently than what he did right Uh, like how do you respond to that i don't know well here's the i mean i don't like i'm i'm a person who gets blackout drunk all the time but if i were to wake up out of a blackout state and find that situation right I don't know if I would respond any better or differently. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of things you have to to weigh. I mean, where else? 
I've actually been been told about this podcast that we often forget when we're talking about scenarios, we forget that we're both white dudes. Yeah. Um, we we would be in a different situation than this guy because we're we could just call the police and be like we didn't do it and they'd be like no, okay honestly, cool but because, right because police treat a, a white dude better than they'll treat a minority so this guy's got that fucking shit to deal with as well and just holy ch- I was just so I was nervous as fuck for this guy while also not knowing you know maybe he actually killed him so. Or he killed her. So yeah, it's nervous is a good word to use for it because it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Very and captivating. I am, and I imagine that is going to stay uh, stay the case as the series goes on. So I think it's an eight part series. Uh, there's part one on, on on demand right now. I think episode one technically airs on July 10th. So. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of pissed that I watched it as early as I did because now I have to wait a couple weeks to watch episode two. Hmm. So I'm excited for the rest of it. Let's quickly hit on the end of Silicon Valley. Uh, great way to wrap the season. I loved this season. It didn't. Uh, it wasn't as good as season two, but few things in my life uh, have been as good as season two as uh, so of Silicon Valley. But so I am. I'm very happy with the recovery that they made from the i think it was this the pen up pen up penultimate penultimate episode the second to last episode um i did not like where it went on the second to last episode with the the click farm and it was like oh yeah it was like all right this is gonna be super depressing and right horrible to watch yeah (laughs) so um yeah, I'm super glad of the recovery that they made. I, I do want to say that somebody I saw somebody on Twitter make the point that like almost every Silicon Valley episode is like structured the same. It's like oh, they're super happy. And then in the middle of the episode, oh shit, everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong, and then at the end of the episode, oh shit, they're super happy again. So it's entourage. Yep, pretty <laughs> accurate. But with nerds. Right, exactly. Um my biggest concern, and I wrote about this on uh, the uh, the somewhat still new uh, pop culture blog on WEI.com called Not the Game. Um, I am concerned that this means the end of Lori, which I would not like. Because Raviga is now essentially out. Because they forced the sale. Which, by the way, I wish they had sold to Gavin. Um I wish that that would have been something, but that, that would have ruined the show pretty much. Uh, I don't think so because I think that Gavin is so obsessed with Richard, but he's also so obsessed with having. I mean, all he fucking wanted was um, power and money. Was was uh, Pied Piper though? He wanted to have this compression thing. He wanted to have middle out. Um, basically, whatever Richard was doing, he just wanted to make sure that he had that and. I would have loved to see what that kind of season would have been like because it would have been like them working under Action Jack times a fucking million. But I'm just, I just hope that it seems now that Monica is going to be part of the Pied Piper team. Which, but that, how do you do that without without Lori? Because she's as much of Raviga as because Monica. L- because Monica might be fired because she uh, wouldn't vote to. Do whatever they were voting on. Yeah, because Remember? she thought that it was um, 
she thought that that they were selling to Gavin Belson, and they so were she, ended up selling oh, right. to Rich to uh, Ehrlich. Right. So like that was just a misunderstanding. I don't think they're going to fire over that. But she still disobeyed her like clearly in front of all those people. Hmm. Mm. Maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just too far in the back of my mind at this point. Um. But uh good ending what, though it was a good ending i am, Jin yang yes well, maybe one of the better prank calls of the season that was saved for last that was probably number two uh for me and uh, uh i am not i'm you're not my baby is you're not one. my baby is definitely number one I'm, i might get a fucking tattoo that says you're not my baby That's- i see i still i still would put uh is, this your is, my, is your refrigerator running this is my cunt <laughs> as number one just because it was like it was like the first one, and it was just like, "Holy shit, that was incredible!" Um, yeah, I, I am. What very- does he say? That this is you as an old man, <laughs> yeah. and, and you're dead. Or you, you die alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am very excited about the prospect of Ehrlich actually being a CEO slash. Not a CEO, but like a, a, a majority owner. He's got to put company. his money where his mouth is yes. right now. I mean, he's always fancied himself the, the the kind of person in charge. Which, by the way, the scene where uh, Richard is hesitant to sign um, the thing for the next round of uh, funding. of funding, and Ehrlich's like, it's just such a classic Ehrlich moment where Richard's hesitant to sign it, and Ehrlich's like, just sign it, sign it. You know what? I'll sign it. Can I sign it? <laughs> and the guy's like. Go you, ahead, you, but you, we're you, still going to need his signature. You can, but we need his signature. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you can write your name on it. It won't technically <laughs> void it, but it won't fucking change a thing. I love when Ehrlich is is put in his place. Um, so good. Um, okay, I've got to go be an insider now. Uh, I'm going to have we the most... We didn't talk at all about hockey. We didn't. <laughs> oh, well. Well. Uh, fuck. Uh, shit, I'm trying to think of what we can say real quick. Oh, the Canadians are idiots. They're terrible. Uh, my friend Brendan is like seriously thinking of killing himself because <laughs> he's the biggest Canadians fan, and uh, he it's, it's funny. This shows some perspective for for uh, our Boston listeners. Um, he loves hockey, watches every fucking game he can. He said the only thing that will make him uh slightly less depressed about trading Subban for Shea Weber is if the Canadians can get Louis Erickson. Interesting. That would still not make me feel that much better. It's, I mean, Louis Erickson's a great player, but he's not PK. Nothing softens the blow of trading PK Subban for Shea Weber. So those were those two trades that happened in the span of like what? 15 minutes are probably the worst one for one trades that I've ever seen in the NHL in my lifetime. Uh, those are extremely bad trades. Um, I will say, and this sucks because it's going to sound like I'm defending Shirelli. That trade was the was just the dumbest shit in the world. But Adam Larson, all he does is play against top competition, and he doesn't die out there. And he's a very he, good def- defensive. He's player. something that, like the Oilers needed Adam Larson, but they didn't need to give up Taylor to Hall give up to get him one of the best three left wings in the world to get him. Like the, the price they paid for him was absurd. They're worse. Um, overall they're, they're worse, but Adam Larson is like, people are, I guess my take is people are acting like Adam Larson isn't 
an important piece for them to get, and he was. It would be like, so it may not be like to this extent, but it's like a team gets like a top three pick, like like the Celtics or whatever. The Celtics get a top three pick, or maybe it's not a great idea to use NBA, but like the, say the 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 Bruins get a top three pick or whatever, and there's like Austin Matthews or somebody of his quality on the board, and they draft defense because it's an area of need over so it's like the a, blue jackets why what did they do they had uh, uh fuck i wasn't uh, paying attention RV oh right the board okay, at, yeah. at three and he was the consensus number two or three pick and they passed on him and they drafted they for a need instead yeah. of like best talent like which you, is the, the, the bruins of that at 29 it's it's stupid at 29 it's not going to ruin your franchise at 29 it might ruin your franchise in the top five. Yeah, um, and it's it's. I made this argument as soon as after it happened, and it applies to both. Well, I guess it doesn't apply to uh, the Subban uh, the Subban trade as much as it does the Hall trade. But like, if you're going to trade elite talent, which Taylor Hall is, you if you're going to trade elite talent, you have to either get elite talent back in a one for one swap, or you're going to have to get like a massive package that sets you up for. A long time. The Flames ended up getting a wing in the draft in Matthew Kachuk. So I ask you this: If you were the Oilers, would you trade Taylor Hall for Dougie Hamilton straight up? If they would have done that, um, I would have less of a problem with that than well, obviously Larson. Dougie Hamilton's better than than Larson. Although Larson's contract is good, I uh, so is Dougie Hamilton's though. Yeah, but Larson's is better. But actually, no. Well, for the Dougie Hamilton is much better than than Adam Larson, in my opinion. I, I'm uh, the president of the Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, football. I mean, if you're gonna trade Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, then yes, I would do Taylor Hall for <laughs> Dougie Hamilton. You do Taylor Hall for most people instead of Adam Larson instead. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, I, I tweeted this right after the trade, after both of these trades happened. A way for both franchises, the Canadians and the Oilers, to have made themselves look less dumb would have been to fucking just do dry sidle for PK Subban. And then the Canadians get um, their center. I not that this is going to surprise anybody, but like I have it on good authority. The Canadians love dry sidle. Who the fuck doesn't? But they they would have done something around a dry sidle Subban sort of deal. What else would have had to have been involved? Who knows? But the craziest thing about the Subban trade is that like let's also not not forget. I love PK Subban. That contract sucks because of what it should have been. This, the, the Canadians, but that's their own fault. <laughs> that's the, right, exactly. Uh, the Canadians gave him a bridge deal instead of like a Dougie Hamilton deal, like a five times five, seven, five. Um, and they gave him a two-year deal for very small money. And everyone was like, oh, wow, that's such a small cap. It, what a good deal. And I remember talking about this with my friend, Brendan, who I was living with at the time. Uh, and we were both like pulling our hair out for the sake of the Canadians. Like, what the fuck are you doing? He's going to shove this up your ass so hard. And then you're going to have to pay him something ridiculous. And he goes out and he wins the Norris in the first year of the deal. And now you're paying him $9 million a year. And now you have to fucking trade him because you gave him such a worse contract than he should have. So fucking stupid, Canadians. But he it's not like he's not worth $9 million a year, That's, by the way. I, right, like you, you gave him what he's worth, but... But you could have had him for less, right. is what you're saying. Exactly. Um, it's like if, it's like if um, Patrice Bergeron, if you were making $10 million a year right now, you'd be like, God... It kind of sucks. That, like that, they, that's, that's a huge cap hit. Like He's a great player, that's a huge cap hit. But nobody would be like, this guy is 
overpaid. He doesn't deserve this money. Right, which is funny because people do that with, with uh, Tuka Rask, which, like, any year but last year, he should be one of the top five paid goalies in the league. But because you have Patrice Bergeron at less than $7 million, which, by the way, like, every now and then remind you like Peter Shirley has done some fucking dumb abhorrent shit but man Bruins fans how he got Patrice Bergeron to sign the contract he has I wrote about it when we were talking about the the pipe dream of maybe Stamkos it's like you can't have players making 10 million dollars a year plus unless you have some superstar on an absurd contract which the Blackhawks uh, they have Duncan Keith for like $5.3 million for the rest of his life. And that contract, mwah, yeah. Um, and and unlike the Sagan contract or the uh, John Tavares contract, Bergeron and Keith, those guys are making those contract the that ha- cap hit until they die. Like Taves, and, I'm, not, I'm sorry, Tavares and Sagan, they're still going to be up soon, like next two, three years. And you have and to they're account gonna get for... fucking paid. Right, so... Teams like the Bruins and Blackhawks take fucking advantage of the fact that you have like the best players in the world being paid like three to five million dollars less than what they should be paid. But the thing about the Subban trade is that it basically says we because it's a one for one trade and it's at the same position. All that says is that we want this guy out, which is unbelievable. Like, there's no other explanation. It's like, we we just want this guy out. That's the only reason that we're making this trade. Because there's no way that you can argue that trading P.K. Subban for, for Shea Weber, like, makes you a better team. Right. That, it's just, it's literally just that we want this guy out of here. Which is a crazy thing. Like, I have heard it doesn't from help that afterwards the team said, yeah, we know that P.K.'s a little different. Yeah, fucking. I uh, have heard from people who would know that he's not the most loved guy in oh, that no, locker room. They, they, so they think he's annoying. Yeah, which like yeah. I love PK Subban. I think he's annoying. Like, I like. I would, he's a fucking bad. Dude. I would certainly understand like the people in that locker room thinks that like he loves himself a little bit too much right. and he just loves the spotlight, which he does. And that's, who that's fucking fair. cares? Yeah. This is again. It's Look at like, fucking J.J. Watt. Like, right. Like, there are so many comparables that it it works. It, it doesn't divide a locker 52 room. 52 guys on the Texans would fucking retire rather than play uh, for with J.J. Watt <laughs> if, if, if uh, being annoying was that big of a deal breaker, you know? Like, you don't think that Vince Wilfork wants to put J.J. Watt's head in a fucking wall eight days a week? Probably. Uh, you know who wasn't beloved by all of his teammates? Mark Savard. And Mark Savard was a, I mean, we're on the anniversary, 10-year anniversary of the Bruins signing him. That was like a fucking game changer. And when Mark Savard went away, do you think any of those guys were happy that he wasn't there? They were like, fuck, what the hell happened to our power play? And that's not to say that everyone disliked him or anything. I'm just saying it was like, like similar to Dougie Hamilton. He wasn't the most beloved guy in the room. Who fucking cares? They still want him there because you win with that guy. Yes. Okay. So he was he was not the most liked guy, but he was not disliked to the point where I, I would imagine that those dudes were asking for him out of the room. That right. would surprise me. Especially for Shea Weber. 
yeah, if they if they were, they're idiots. And and by the way, like the whole character thing, like the whole he's not the best dude for the locker room, and like I I there's that holds weight to a certain extent where it's like you want good character guys in the room. That's right. kind of necessary, especially in hockey. But you know what solves a lot of these issues? Winning. Winning. It fucking goes away. You you didn't hear people fucking complaining about PK Subban's presence in the locker room when the Canadians were in the Eastern Conference final. Yeah. Like that is and they're a few years removed from it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And also him in Nashville, I I texted uh I texted the uh the Clear Eyes Full Hearts podcast thread. Um I know Jeff initiated it. Um, he said something about that trade or whatever, and I was like, I'm not kidding. I have half a mind to quit my job and go like work in a grocery store in Nashville and just be a Predator season ticket holder, and that will be my life. That would be – if you live in Nashville, holy fuck. You are in the money right now. Like, A, Nashville is a top five American city. So fucking fun. Automatically fun no matter what. And now P.K. Subban's there. Hockey Arena is right downtown, right on Broadway. Like, holy fuck. He's going to love it there. It's pretty incredible that the Predators have traded Shea Weber and Seth Jones within a year and somehow end up as a better team. That's right. Wow. Somehow a better team. And uh, I need the Predators to get better uniforms, by the way, because I need to hop on that P.K. Subban jersey. I've wanted a PK Subban jersey forever, but I just can't do bring teams myself. Sell bas- do hockey teams sell basketball jerseys? Some do. I own two of them. Because I was going to say, like, a PK Subban basketball, because, like, that's... Pretty racist. That, that, no. Pretty racist. No, you <laughs> fucking dick. No, like, you don't wear around... Like, I've never seen you wear around a uh, a hockey jersey, and if you were to wear one around, the Predators is too ugly to do yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. So if they were to make, like, a basketball jersey or something... I could then maybe that. you're in business. Yeah, I don't actually. I own one hockey jersey, and I don't know if I've ever worn it. Um, I it's own not a, a hockey lot jersey. of hockey jerseys. Um, it's the most that, socially awkward thing to wear. It's like out of all sports. Um, leisure. Yeah, leisure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, leisure. It's 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 think, it's not though. It's the most awkward sports uniform, sports jersey in all of sports. Well, you know, in um, in friends like apartment pants. When, uh, when, fuck. Uh, fuck, what's that girl's name? Uh, well, Rachel's little sister, um, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. When she buys all the clothes and she's trying to explain why she bought them and she's like, oh, these are like perfect apartment pants. You wear them around the apartment. Like in college, if I was just gonna like skip class and like eat a hot dog or something, I would wear a hockey jersey. So, um, I actually, I don't think we've discussed this. I had a, one of the hockey jerseys I had because I would just order like, three dollar hockey jerseys on ebay was a uh joey juno uh hey. bruins jersey and you gave it away didn't you i, g- I gave it to uh matt santos from rara riot and he I, I went to a rara riot show and he was fucking wearing it that's amazing yeah establishing goodwill for the, I know. Uh, for the brand <laughs> yeah um shouts to him i, I at some point w- if they would i would love to involve rara riot because a that their album Need Your Light from this year is still like in my top three and B, they're just fucking as rad as it gets. Uh last thing I wanna point out, uh I've listened to a lot of stuff that Blood Orange has been involved with, but I've never really gotten into like his stuff. 
Um, he did that song, uh, All That, with Carly Rae Jepsen and Ariel uh, Rex died. And that was my favorite song on that Carly Rae Jepsen album. But uh, he had an album come out this week, and I listened to it, and it is like every fucking thing my ears want. It's just like fucking MPC, 80s-sounding synth, all I need. So with that, uh, I really have to go try to act like an insider and give people non-updates on Louis Erickson. I have to go interview a NASCAR driver. <laughs> nice. Who's going to do better? <laughs> <laughs> Probably you. I know nothing about NASCAR. Yeah, but all the fucking Canadian guys, they're, they're so good. They're going to beat me to, to it all. But that's fine. It's not about being first. It's about being right. And if you've paid attention to anything that's gone on on Twitter involving me and or the Bruins, uh, I would just say that I take a lot of pride in always being right. So I love you all. Appreciate you. Suck my balls.